You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 181. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 181. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Let's do this. Yay. Okay. We were having some tech shit. Some tech difficulties. (sighs) Ah. Let's just shake that off and just get real present. And just get in the moment. Yeah. And just, just want to like get right in your center. Just drink it in. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just yeah. drink in your center. <laughs> Ew. That's gross. Oh my gosh. Welcome to the show, everybody. We that If you're new to us, that is not at all how we coach here. <laughs> That's not, not our style whatsoever. Not at all. So... Welcome to the show. I'm excited about this topic today, which is how self-love affects your relationships. Oh. And this was something that kind of had come up in a class that I'm teaching right now. And we were talking about various different things, but how, like, does this journey get easier? Do, do you start, basically, if I put in all this fucking work... To like myself and have, you know, self-confidence and self-love and self-worth and all these things, does it eventually really pay off? Like, what what are the fruits of my labor, right? Right. Because we kind of think, I'll be happy when I get the perfect job, when I am loved by the perfect spouse. You know, we think it's all these external things. And then you start digging into personal development and you realize that there's a lot of mess to clean up. Mm-hmm. And it's hard work. And you're like, okay, is this going to pay off? Like, is this going to change the way that I engage with other people? Like, what will shift? And because it's such a conceptual sort of idea, this whole idea about personal growth or self-love in particular, it's hard to really quantify sometimes. So I thought, fuck, let's do a pot on that. Let's talk about how how specifically do relationships start to change? And I, I'm excited to share some some things just anecdotally from my own life that I've noticed as I've continued to cultivate this way of being, you know, and sure. and to give hope, to spread the <laughs> message of hope, you know, that it's possible even if you're in a really rough place, even if you absolutely can't even wrap your head around the idea of loving who you are, that you can make shifts and changes because I was absolutely in that same place. So that's what we're going to dig into today, how it how it really affects your relationships. The thing that pops into my head first off is the old kind of adage of, you know, once you start loving yourself, the one that you love will come into your life. Right. You know, the one that loves you. Right. Like you have to take care of yourself first and then you're able to accept somebody else into your life completely. Right. Which makes you fucking furious. You know, like people (laughs) hate that. And I'll tell you why. Because we want a much easier solution. We want a magic pill 
tell me what to do besides love myself. Right, right. To manifest my soulmate. Because I need them to come into my life for me to be happy. Or I need the perfect job in my life to be happy. Yeah. Or we nobody likes the idea <laughs> that it's internal. We're like, no, that couldn't possibly be it. I think until you've been there, it's just a bunch of words. That's right. That's you right. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, right, sure. I'll get what right else? on that. Well, and I was actually doing an interview today about... I was talking about this with a colleague of mine where we were saying that in personal development, people throw out terms like, well, you need to just establish boundaries or you need to be a little bit more vulnerable or things like that. And we're like, well, I'll get I'll fucking get right on that. How do I, you know, and self-love is a lot like that. Like, okay, uh, let me just go ahead and love myself. Like, what does that mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? Or yeah, let me just establish a boundary. What the hell? So (laughs) obviously, if you've hung out with us on this show, you know that I like to crystallize and cement a lot of these ideas into like tangible step-by-step processes. So if you go to the show notes page for this particular episode, which is thejoyjunkie.com slash 181, I am going to list a bunch of other episodes that are specifically on the step-by-steps of self-love. Like, what does that really look like? But today, I want to talk about the payoff, the benefit of it. Like, why would I excavate all this this shit, Mm -hmm. handle my mom issues, handle my control issues, deal with codependency? Why would I even want to look at how much self-loathing I've had if I could (laughs) just stay focused on manifesting the perfect spouse or the perfect job or the perfect whatever it happens to be? Fill in the blank for yourself, right? That quest seems far more palatable than this quest of self-love. So I want to kind of shed some light on what could really be possible if you do this work, right? So before we jump into all of that, I definitely want, let's just, you know, get some juices flowing with a little uh, little bit of your seg. Yeah, you got to get the juices flowing. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Time for... <laughs> Would you rather? <laughs> All right. Today's... Mr. Smith is a little nasty today. Uh, I'm a little, yeah, just a little. Just, just enough. Just enough dirty. Just enough nasty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would you rather walk across 20 feet of sharp glass or 20 feet of hot coals? I, th- I think I'd go with the hot coals. You would? Why? Um, because Tony Robbins does it. That's what I was thinking about. That's what kind of inspired that one. Uh, and clearly it works. Like, you know what I mean? Like people live. And I've only seen glass by like daredevils and And people who are. Uber professionals. Yeah. Who are, they do that kind of shit. Like, like David Blaine or whatever. Right. Um, and just even when I'm given those two options, I feel I feel like I could handle burns easier than I could impalement. Gosh, I just think of it from a medic standpoint, and burns heal so much slower than oh, really? That's what you were thinking? Yeah, I'm like, and burns don't always heal. But you could kind of like. I think the whole deal with the Tony Robbins thing is like you kind of haul ass, don't you? Like you don't like that. You're the best at sound effects. Oh, my God. Oh, you know what I'm going to give you? A warm fuzzy. A warm fuzzy. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god! I'm so excited to be able to like give out, give them out these arbitrary awards. Just give them away. That don't really matter. Just oh, they matter. Warm fuzzies for everybody. They matter. <laughs> warm fuzzies matter. They sure do. Cold pricklies matter. Well, so are you picking? Yeah, cold pricklies do matter. Yeah, because I would pick the glass. Mm-hmm. Um. By the way, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, we decided a new criteria of warm fuzzies that will be anytime we want to give somebody a shout out or you know kind of an accolade we give a warm fuzzy anytime it's like a not so good thing we're gonna give out a cold prickly cold prickly which which is actually my favorite and you sound really effect. you really don't want a cold prickly from us because it sounds like this <laughs> that's right that's why you don't want it receive one yeah because you'll be just bawling your eyes out like that <laughs> but you said okay so you said you'd pick glass i would because you could kind of navigate and move really slow and step on things really carefully and like get things situated so that you didn't hurt yourself Jeez. um whereas with hot coals you just got to do it you just got to go that's how i feel like I. Would so succeed. maybe that's like my character but because the glass, I feel like I would be all delicate, and then it would be like, pew, impale my foot. <laughs> and then you'd be like, and then I would be like so dramatic, like it would be, yeah, it would be so out of control. Okay. So, all right, coals for you, glass for me. Yes. All right. All right. It's a deal, Mr. Smith. Wow. <laughs> okay. So let's get into how self-love affects your relationships. Okay. So I'm sure you guys heard last week I announced that... My myself and my best friend uh, Andrea Owen are taking a small army of badasses on a retreat in May of 2017 to do our self love revolution master's course retreat. That's so right. we've been teaching self love together, kind of as a joint project since 2012, and so we've seen kind of this evolution of. Uh, how even the personal development community talks about self-love. And and I really thought it would be awesome for us to look at, like, wh- what can I expect if I continue down this journey, right? So this particular episode, we're, you know, obviously going to talk about that. But I wanted to let you know, too, that through December 19th, you can still get in on it, get in on that particular retreat. I'm so fucking excited about it. We're only having 20 spots, which we're we're recording this early. So we have not launched it yet. So by the time you guys actually hear this, there's a very strong chance that there's not 20 spots left. In fact, there's probably quite a few less. So if this is tugging at you and you want to learn some principles around really nailing down value in yourself, like believing in your own self-worth and worthiness, if you want to really switch the conversation in your mind and talking kindly to yourself and being uh, your own kind of cheerleader constantly, if you want to learn how to forgive yourself for past mistakes or that one job you blew or that relationship you regret, that is what we are covering in this four-day, three-night adventure in this gorgeous boutique hotel. So it's just... it. It really is going to be an intensive and extremely limited. It's inclusive of all of your meals. So as soon as you get there, we will have a car service to pick you up from the airport. We're taking care of all of that. If you drive in, we're paying for your parking. 
So we wanted to make it as simple as possible. All you have to do is get your happy ass to Asheville, North Carolina. Get your happy ass. Yeah. So if you are interested in that and you want to grab one of the the spots, and if I have still left this in the podcast, there are still spots available. (laughs) (laughs) So, but jump on it now because we're doing early bird just through December 19th. After that, it jumps by $250. But now you can get the absolute earliest early bird rate you can get a payment plan if it's if that's something that you require and we can handle all of this shit together as like this power squad in in may so So you're saying the early bird gets the self-love they they do and we actually loaded it up with bonuses too because we wanted when you get all jazzed about this stuff you want to continue momentum and if you're like okay cool now i have to wait till may you know and right that's not happening till well into the new year. We wanted to give you a whole handful of resources and tools and things that you could use immediately so that you can started. begin. Yeah, yeah. So to, to get you nice and warm. That's up. good. That's really smart of you because you think about it, you buy something and you're like, oh, I don't get to do it till May. Right. You know, like there's this almost, I don't want to say remorse, but there's like a. It's postponed. Yeah. It's like your reward is postponed. Yeah, Yeah. you don't have that immediate gratification. So if you have all those freebies in there, you've got a great chance to get prepped for the class. Yes, exactly. So please go check it out. You can find everything you need to know either at theselfloverevolution.com or on this show notes page. You can find tons of additional resources and that page is thejoyjunkie.com slash 181. Um, yeah, so scoot over if you are interested. Uh, okay, so let's talk about this concept. So I want to talk about creating this new norm, like what your new normal looks like when you've really embodied this idea of self-love. So let me tell you, like ages ago, prior to, re- this is probably a good decade ago, it's right about the time when I started getting involved into personal development. My first branch into that was through law of attraction and getting introduced to that idea. Why was I attracted to it? Because it was telling me I could get what I wanted. You know, it was yeah. it, it was a means in which you can have all of these things that you want. Right. So it was kind of this portal. So it's not that much different than what people search me out for right? They search out, I just want to be fucking happy. Nobody says, I need to really love myself or I really need to nail down my belief systems or address my relationship to fear. Nobody fucking says that. They say, I just want to be happy. Bottom line. I want to enjoy life, right? So, The idea is that, and this is really what kind of unfolded for me over the last decade, was instead of operating in this place where it was mostly self-loathing with intermittent pieces of joy or intermittent pieces of happiness, now I've created this place where I reside in this place of joy, reside in this place of self-love, and I have intermittent pieces of negativity or downfall that's why you're called the joy junkie that's right but i mean you've seen me through all of that i sure have so you've seen where the constant was self-hate or self-loathing with little bursts of fun and joy and happiness tiny right and then now you've seen a complete different way of being 
and you you've it's been gradual, obviously, but now it's like. My little girls all grow. <laughs> I don't ever say negative. Remember how you would be like, no, being mean to yourself. Like, I used to talk so much shit about myself. Yeah. And so now I've created this new norm through years of conditioning where I will still have shitty days. I've still come up against opposition and trials, but they don't take me out. They don't destroy me. They're intermittent instead of being the norm. So... When I'm sharing all of this stuff with you and all of the benefits that happen, I don't want to give you the idea or the impression that it's like shit and glitter all the time and nothing ever sucks or you never undergo opposition. It's that you look at all of those things through a completely different lens. And I've said this multiple times on the pod is that you look at these shitty situations and go, this situation sucks. I don't suck. Or maybe I made a bad decision, but I'm still amazing. You know, I can still love me. That's great. That was a poor choice. So you start again, but that's looking at things through a completely different perspective. So I want to give you this idea of here's what it looks like over there. So uh, the reason why this was really prevalent on my mind is we were discussing this in in a class I was teaching uh, just last week, as I as I was mentioning, and a lot of my students are kind of newer into this journey, right? Where they're really digging deep, looking at the, the their negative belief systems that they've had over the course of their life. And, and so it's blaringly obvious where they've been holding themselves back, how much they've been hurting themselves. Yeah. And it's really painful to look at. And so they were kind of asking me, like, please tell me this gets better. You know, so the metaphor that I use all the time when you're digging into this work is it's like you've been dreading going to the doctor and something feels off. Like maybe you have an, uh, you know, a, a pain in your knee or a pain in your chest or something like that. And you're, you're going, oh, this doesn't feel right, but I really don't want to look at it. I don't want to know what this is going to be. And then you go to the doctor, you finally go and it takes a lot of bravery because you're scared, right? And you get a diagnosis and you get a prognosis and it looks like, okay, you're going to actually have to go through a really strict regimen of physical therapy or you might have to go through a really painful surgery. That's what it's like digging into your core belief system and finding out what you've believed has kept you not valuing who you are, Hmm. right? So now you're in the midst of recovery. And you have to do those physical therapy exercises. You have to take the medication. You have to change your diet. You have to make sure you go to your follow-up appointments. And then you get to the other side where your health is radically improved and your Mm -hmm. life has changed. That's so much like what happens when you go through personal development. You start off being like, I don't want to look at it. I I would much rather just not even think about it. Then you start digging deeper. And then when you look at it you're like oh my god this is gonna get painful seeing what i really say to myself every day seeing you know but you keep plugging along you keep doing the work until you create that optimum health on the other side yeah it's great so one of the most amazing pieces of that new health that you find is how it impacts your relationships so one of the things that i've noticed is hugely different for me now is I tend to stop disregarding or second-guessing my wants and needs. So when I wasn't operating from a place of self-love, it was very common for me to 
to second guess every choice I made, every decision. Why? Because my core wasn't strong. You know how like people in fitness yeah. are like, you need a strong core. It right. doesn't, you can't <laughs> go to biceps unless you're standing right and holding your core right. I mean, you know, you yep. do this as a profession. Absolutely. So it's the same thing. Like we can try to work on thinking positive or like these good ideas that we hear like thrown around on Instagram or whatever. But unless you're really at the core of you, like really loving you, you will second guess every decision, what you said, how you came across, because you're externally focused. You don't have the concrete value intrinsically, like inherently me. I am valuable. I love me. When you have that, you kind of, you can change your barometer of success. So you start going, am I proud of how I communicated that? Do I value myself enough to stand in opposition with somebody who doesn't believe me right. or believe in me or criticizes me? So that's a major benefit is you stop disregarding and second guessing your needs. And that is huge in intimate partnerships because a lot of people go, I don't know if I'm being too needy or if I'm asking for too much. When you really love who you are, you're pretty clear like, no, I deserve to have open communication if that's what I desire. I mm -hmm. deserve to have a thriving sex life if that's what I desire. Instead of going, that doesn't exist. I'm not, I'm asking for too much. All of these things that we haphazardly throw around. So that's, huh. what are you thinking? I'm just, just taking just it taking in. Just taking it in, yeah. Cool. Uh, second way that self-love can massively affect your relationships is you have a much easier time with boundaries and standing up for yourself. And this, again, goes back to I matter. You know, I value who I am. You know, we talked about last week the, the mantra that I've used over and over again in my life, which is I do not need you to approve of me because I approve of me. That's a radical shift in relationships. It's the difference between letting somebody go if they're not for you in a in dating relationship. Yes. Or going, what can I do to make you love me? You know, it's that's the difference. Mm -hmm. is, and we're uh, stringing people along. I see that a lot. Or something I love to call relationship fraud, where you pretend you love all the things they love because you just desperately want them to love mm -hmm. you back, but they're not loving you. They're loving a facade. Right. Right? Don't get me even started into that. Don't but, even get me started. Don't even get me started. But it is much easier to say, hey, here's what I won't tolerate any longer, you know, with a family relationship, maybe with a sibling or a parent. And it's not that, it's not necessarily that the words come easier or that the conversations are super fluid and all of a sudden you're speaking like Eckhart Tolle or something like that. It's not, <laughs> it's not that. It's that you believe your worth going through that awkward ass conversation yeah that and so you start flexing those muscles in fact i had a gal give me a shout out on facebook uh last week who has done a couple of courses with me and shared a situation where she stood up for and spoke up for herself with her boss and she was like you are totally right amy the more i practice it 
the easier it becomes. Nice. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. But if you hate yourself, it is so hard to establish boundaries and do it in a powerful way. Sometimes we're just cranky as fuck if we hate life and hate ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we can be mean about Bitter. stuff. Bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being a little parrot of you today. So, <laughs> so that's another massive shift. Uh, Another one is you shift from chronic blame into self-care. And this is a major piece of self-awareness. And you see me do this all the time. If I'm ever in opposition with uh, a colleague or a family member or anything, I always go to my role in the matter. Yep. Whereas I used to. I do that uh, now too. You do. You absolutely do. And it takes time to unpack because... Our initial gut instinct is always to be like, is to blame that other person. Sure, it's external. And it's so much easier. It is so much easier to say, well, my mom fucking has control issues, or she's passive aggressive, or my brother is this, or my boss fucking sucks because he does this. And you get to stay in that blame, and you don't ever look at your role in the matter. You don't ever look at what you can do instead of what you can't. You only are focused on 100% of things you cannot control, which are other people's behavior. And it renders you completely powerless to stand in blame because the only way for you to get out of that blame or to be happy is if that person becomes a totally different human or totally changes their behavior. And then you have no reason to blame. And then you're like, oh, okay, great. That never fucking happens. Right. Right? Yeah. So the difference there now, and this is what I see in a lot of, you know, my students and people who've, who've really done this hard work, is they now can go, okay, cool. I see what's mine. I see what's mine. I see what's theirs. And I see what I need to say, whether it's a boundary or not, instead of getting locked into that place of blame and anger, you know, which ultimately doesn't feel good. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, you're right. You ever talk to those people in your workplace where you're like, hey, hey, Jane, how you doing? And they're like, well, not so good. (laughs) You know, know, and it's it's total Debbie Downer status. For sure. It's always something's wrong, always somebody to blame, always complaining. So that's a great place for you to check in and look at. And I'll actually put the link to the blame episode that I did if that really resonates for you. But that's a great place to check in is what are the things that I complain about? Because if you are a chronic complainer about something, you better take some fucking action on it. Otherwise, you're just bitching. Exactly. So, and that's not that's not fun for anybody. It's not fun for you. It certainly isn't making you happy. You're right. It's not fun for other people to be around you when you're that way. Yeah. So that's been a huge piece for me. And it's not that I don't still blame. It's that I catch myself blaming. Yes. And I go, oh, there's something here for me. You know, I've I've done it quite a bit with family, you know, and, and my mom in particular. And like we were just doing this over the holidays where I had gotten a little uh, riled about something. And instead of going into her, 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 why are you wrong? Why are you wrong? I went into, what about that triggers me so much? What is pushing my buttons? What's my opportunity to push through here? What am I not looking at? How can I be proud of me? That's the difference when you actually value yourself. 
as you start looking at those those avenues. Yeah. Those are great tools. Yeah. Great tools. And um, I, I think at the end of the day, it, it's it's like driving a car. You have to get through first, second, and third gear to get yes. to the smooth sailing pieces. Right. And then you might have to stop at a stop sign and go back through those gears again. Right? You keep going through those gears and you keep going through all the steps and then it becomes like second nature. You don't even think about shifting your car anymore. Most are automatic. But if you have a stick shift and you know how to drive one, it just becomes second nature. You know where the clutch is. You know where the gear sits. And everything starts to become a lot smoother, even in those torqued times. Yes. Right? Well, I mean, even just learning to drive a stick. I remember you teaching me that. And I was like, this is never going to fucking happen. This is never. And then I drove a stick for years and years and years. And it became natural. Right? Exactly. If now that I've been driving automatic, if I went back to that, there'd be another learning curve. But I would, it would be far easier this time around. And I would get back into it. That's exactly what happens to me now. Like I'll get triggered by something that's historical or antiquated. And then I'll have to go, okay, that's that old shit. Here I go again. Here's what didn't work last time. Here's what I've learned about myself. I talk with my coach. I journal about it. I talk with you about it. You process differently instead of just feeling like life is just happening to you. Yes. So that's why I cannot underscore enough that... I have had throughout my entire career have always had a coach coaching me because you're never fucking done. <clears throat> you don't just take a class and I'm cured and fixed, right? right? Like using that doctor analogy, you don't go through all this physical therapy. You don't go through the surgery and then let it all go to shit. You have to maintain that new health, That's right? Right. So, and then it'll ebb and flow. There'll be times when you do let it slide and you have to get back on track. And so all of these metaphors are to show you that you can absolutely condition a new norm, but it does take continual maintenance. I have to maintain it all the time, even though I teach it, right? Yeah, So exactly. Uh, and you're the same with body work, you know? You have to maintain exactly what you're teaching people to do. You have a therapist who works on you. You're constantly working on your skills. You could let that all go to shit, you know? Right. And you would have to recultivate it or you might be triggered by certain certain things. So Yeah. And and the, yep. the other thing too is to to understand especially if you're newer to this is if you think about a lot of people can relate to this. There's usually a time when you were brand new on a job And I remember feeling this so strongly when I was working in cosmetics. I got my first job in cosmetics and I was like so overwhelmed with all of these different products, all of these different procedures, what we could and couldn't do. And I just was like, I can't wait till I know the answers to everything. You know, I can't (laughs) wait till I'm not new at this. Yeah. Well, the only way to do that is to continue learning and to continue going. So I studied and I learned from everybody around me and then I grew and I got promotions and I kept growing in the company. So then looking back at who I was when I first started, feeling like there's no way I'm going to know all the answers to this stuff. And, and to the audience's credit, yeah, um, that's why they're here. That's, that's right. why they're listening. That's right. That's why we have so many downloads is because people are 
in that studious mode. Yeah, you're right. You know, they're listening to these things to to get a hold of those tools and find ways to improve themselves. So, so you know what we need to give the audience? A warm fuzzy. Yay! <laughs> I love it. That's for you, audience. This is my new favorite thing ever. <laughs> By the way, it stems from a reward system that Mr. Smith got when he was in elementary school. Yep. So uh, that's how we got that. Hopefully, we don't get scoot, uh, sued by a scholastic system. I don't. I think she made it. It up. was just a teacher. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, so good. All right, a couple of more ways that self love can massively affect your relationships. You become this one. This one is probably one of the most rapid effects that you will see is you become acutely aware of toxic people in your life. I like to say that your bullshit meter is like on overload because you're like, uh, that's not nice. That was rude. That was passive aggressive. That was casting blame. That was trying to guilt trip me. Like you, you start having this way more heightened sense of toxicity in your relationships and you start start seeing it. Your bullshit tolerance goes down. Like where you don't take on as many projects in friendships or relationships. You go, ooh, yeah, that's not going to work for me anymore. Because you've started to value who you are. And I know for me, I valued my time. I'm like, I don't want to spend time talking to people about things that don't matter and about things that they value that I don't or them being rude or, you know, I've shared in in multiple things that, that... multiple pods about relationships that I had in my early 20s where they were getting really involved into uh, like coke and drugs and I was like oh fuck no this is not for me and that was a huge awareness for me you know because first of all it was something I did not want to be a part of at all but it started shining the light on a lot of other elements to those friendships that weren't healthy for me yeah so that's another great one um And we talked about this next one already sort of kind of intermittently throughout is you can navigate hardship, rejection, and criticism without being taken out, without being totally destroyed. So Hmm. your resiliency, this is something I've noticed in all of my clients. Nice. Their resiliency is massively improved. So things that would have taken them like two months to get over, they can get over in like a weekend. You know, and... Myself included. Because they're core stronger. Because they're core stronger. That's right. (laughs) So, you know, they might, you know, I do the same thing where if I'm really bummed or something didn't work out right or I had, you know, an altercation with a family member or something like that, I, you know, I might be really bummed out about it, but it, it doesn't span for like months on end the way it used to, you know, where I would beat myself up kind of eternally for that one particular thing or replay that over and over in my head forever. I'm able to move past it faster than I used to. So your resiliency increases. Nice. And then finally, and this is probably one of the best things that has ever happened to me, is you start to attract the most incredible people into your life. You really do. And I can't tell you how many people in my classes um, in the retreats that we've done in the past are still in communication with one another. Yeah, and this, this that is, is cool. This is what blows my mind. These people from all over the world and all over the U.S., I will see pictures of them meeting up in totally different states. And they're like, <laughs> look who I found. 
around, you know, and they're still connecting with one another. People from um, one of the biggest friendships that got that got created was from somebody in Australia and then somebody in the States who now are like besties still, you know, in, and That's from awesome. from the retreat that we did for Tanning Tacos and Transformation. Uh-huh. I remember so, that. You know, it's like if you, uh, anything else, like if you go to the gym all the time, you probably know a bunch of people who are into fitness, Yeah. right? If you study personal development, you'll start learning and being around people who care about that same thing. So it's not super like woo-woo or anything like that. It's just the law of kind of what you're interested in, Mm -hmm. right? And that compounded with your bullshit meter being like, nope, not going to tolerate that. You start tolerating far less toxicity in your relationships and then you start nurturing these powerful relationships when you actually love who you are and that's you know when, when uh people in organized religions say you know that you need a fellowship yeah that's what they're talking that's about. exactly right you have to have like-minded people or people that empower you not even like-minded people just people that empower you right you have pe- people that are on your side and understand what you're saying and can kind of push you in the directions that you need to go. Right. Right? That's the people that you need, not the ones that are telling you you can't do something or, oh, yeah. You know, telling you, you know, that you're fat or whatever it is, right? Right. Like those aren't powerful. Right. And they're not healthy. That's right. Right. And you start seeing that more and more when you start picking these tools up and, and mm-hmm. applying them, you know? So it's almost like creating self love as your religion. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, self-love is is a big part of it. I think the thing that gets kind of misconstrued with self-love is that it's selfish, mm. right? That it that it has to be all about you in order to be self-love, and it's not. It's it's taking care of your inner house so that you can be a better person for all the people in your life. That's right. Right? You can give a lot more when you when you have that um, perspective and motivation behind you. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm going to link to the, some of the podcasts that we've done specifically on that word selfish, you know, because it, it is something in our, I think very prevalently in the U.S. narrative is self-sacrifice being noble, you know, and that we need to wear all the hats. And it and, is. Self-sacrifice is noble, but not at all costs. Yes. You sound awful lot like the joy junkie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Put me in, coach. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. It's, you know, that's been, um, a, and there's another perfect one is I would, we have been looking for ways to work together for years. And here we are. We just realized that we've been doing the pod for over three years, almost four. Almost four years. And yeah. our relationship has changed so much in how we communicate, how we, I mean, it was always kind of dumb, ridiculous how good it was, but. <laughs> It's gotten even better, you know, yeah. even in that regard. So For sure. Anyway, if you if you want <laughs> to really learn the ins and outs of all of this, I would really encourage you to entertain the idea of the self-love revolution retreat. And again, you can find all of that information at the joyjunkie.com slash one eight one or over at the selfloverevolution.com. And just I would also read the testimonials from past students who have gone through our core curriculum where we talk about these four major components and where we give you 
all the tools and the worksheets and the exercises and and we get to all do it together. There's something incredibly bonding about that. So uh, again, get on it soon because the the price is going to jump and the spots are extremely limited. We're not in a situation at all where we are able to add more rooms. We're keeping it at 20, period. We're not changing that. So would love for you to consider that. I think that's everything I have to say. Anything else? That sounds like plenty to me. All right. So we'll see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. <laughs>